Welcome to this topical life. Real conversation, real exploration, real life stories. A discussion about life, cause life ain't a vacation. And now, here's your host, Tiffany Murphy. Hello and welcome to this topical life. Uh, wow, a lot to unpack today. I have a very special guest. You know, all my guests are special, but this one, I was the first to name her Fierce Pierce, and you're going to hear that in the podcast following because actually we've recorded two podcasts previous to this video as, we're watch as you're watching right now. And, um, about alcoholism and substance abuse. And, um, in one of the podcasts, you'll, you'll find Pam's story, um, how she got to be where she is today, what she does for the community today. Um, we're local to Westland and she's helping people all over really. Um, but you know, we're going to touch on some of the things she's doing right now, but mostly the podcasts that have been already been recorded were before COVID-19 COVID and, or, I mean, excuse me, before COVID-19. And so, um, a lot of the things that we talk about to help you through alcoholism or a child that's through alcoholism or just in, um, wrapping your brain around prevention. That's a big one that Pam is very passionate about, but, um, how to navigate a 21 year old, um, 18 year old teenager, the whole shebang and what it was like for her, what it was like for me. Um, you know, we, we dive into that a lot. So when you listen to those podcasts, there'll be released and everything like that. But right now what you're watching is Pam and I have already recorded, but we are touching on alcoholism in light of uh, COVID-19. And this brings another, we're shedding a light on what it is like now for people having that have had addiction problems and, um, and even just people that have never had addiction problems facing what they're facing now. Um, and I think her and I will have a lot of things to say about it just from personal struggles. Um, I know I do, but um, this is Pam Pierce. If you have not met her, I hope that you get the pleasure someday because I'm glad I know her. And I think that in every community that you're in right now, wherever you are, you need to find a Pam Pierce in your community because um, she's the one that is the background and also the one moving things behind the background to help others and to connect and to um, bring light to what is actually going on. So I just encourage you. I'm so glad that I found Pam personally, just because, um, you know, having a teenager also, uh, and, and just issues that I've had in the past or just prevention, you know, um, it just, it's, it's, it's really, it's so psychological and there's so many aspects to it. It's, it's just nice to have someone there that you can touch base with and just get the information and what is going on in your community. That's Pam Pierce. So Fierce Pierce is what I've named her. Here she is. So, um, you know, I, I think we should probably touch on Pam, just like what your, uh, vision is, what your calling is and, just your, um, 
how many kids you have, just a little bit of basic information, just in case people, yep. you know, you'll, it's, it kind of might be a little repeat in the future, but here we are. So yep. Pam, thank you. Take it away. Take it away. Thank you. Yeah. Um, of course it has to begin with my dog scratching at the door too. I'm like family, Always. grab the dog, please. Always. Um, so thank you for, uh, having me on here. This, I love this stuff. I love, I love giving people information. Um, I like connecting the dots. So I am Pam Pierce and I'm a person in long-term recovery. And for me that I've been substance free now I've had surgeries and stuff, but, um, alcohol was my drug of choice, but I've been sober for 24 years. Uh, I got sober when I was 26 years old, not because I wanted to, but because I had to. And it, um, at the time when I had to make that choice, um, I had had, I always knew I was different. I knew that under the influence I was different and I hated that because um, I wanted to be like everyone else and I, I wanted to be normal. Um, and throughout my drinking career, I started when I was 14 and I was raised in Lake Oswego. Um, and again, I started at 14 and, and I was under the impression and the impression still holds true that young, you know, high schoolers, oh, it's a rite of passage. It's, it's when we experiment, they'll be fine. They'll grow out of it. Um, and that is in fact, for a lot of us, not true. Um, Substance use disorders are, 50% of it is genetics. And uh, the smart people around me always say, and that's probably being kind. So genetics is really, really something that people need to understand uh, with regard to substance use disorders and mental health in general. Um, my father was alcoholic and my dad was, we, we describe it as high functioning um, and I always, chuckle inside when I say that because there is that's not really a thing that's like saying someone who um only has skin cancer and they can have it removed every four years they're functioning it's like no they're they're constantly thinking about it, it it's something you're constantly managing um and substance use disorders are the same there's no cure but they're manageable um but my dad was high functioning and very smart he had, you know, he was a, had a graduate degree. He was a professor at John Hopkins. He invented two medical products and had patents and was successful for a long, long time. Um, but alcoholism um, destroyed our family. It destroyed who he was. It destroyed our family unit. Um, not because he was a bad person or made bad choices, because he's allergic and he, he couldn't function. And at 14, I jumped in myself and lo and behold, have the same strain that he did. Um, so I always describe it as my, kind of my drinking career and my drugging career. I, it was like I had an anchor and I just couldn't shake it. And I couldn't, I would try all these different things, but it, it kept following me because it was me. Um, so that, that's kind of, I live now in West Lynn. Uh, I have three children. I have a 21 year old. And I have a 19-year-old and a 14-year-old. And I've been married, I always have to think of my sobriety here. So I've been married 26 years this year. Um, and I have a dog and three cats who are all sitting at the door. 
yeah. that are probably very spoiled right now. <laughs> They're like, wait, where are you right now? Wait, where? Wait, wait what? My wait, needs what? aren't met exactly when I think about I've that. only been around you 24-7 at this point. Right. Um, well, Pam, it's like, you know, it's so interesting having this conversation now in light of what we've already talked about and just what people are facing today. Because personally, you know, even in the conversation we had, um, you know, gosh, a few months ago at this point, I don't even know. I've lost track of time. I've lost track of so many things, but, um, you know, it's like, I've definitely had your conversations come in my head because it's just been a hard time for me. The, you know, I struggle with anxiety and depression. You guys all know that. Um, and you know, it's just like, I can actually see, you know, waking up at 10 or 11 and being oh, like, sure. I can have a drink right now. It, it I, I mean, could. What, what we're seeing right now it, in like from a drinking and drug use per perspective, this is a perfect storm. People drink for a variety of reasons and they use for a variety of reasons. A lot have to do with stress, loneliness, no one's paying attention. And so here we have the situation where they all come together. So why not drink at 10? It's like, I'm upset. This will help me. And, and then, you know, just that snowball. Um, but my friends who are in recovery, we've talked about this. It's like, this is a perfect storm. Um, and if you do suffer with a substance use disorder, a lot of times, part of that is isolation. The disease likes to keep you by yourself so that it can tell you, you know, you're fine. It's going to be blah, blah, blah. And again, the, the situation that we're in, not being able to connect with other people um, who understand what's happening when it comes to drinking and drugging, to be able to say, stop, you know, you don't need to do that. We're going to come get you out of your house. And right now we can't do that. Yeah. And so I, I, I'm just praying for all the people out there that are like, what is happening? Yeah. Because it's real. And I mean, I think about people that, I mean, I guess we're basically need to come up with a formula in a sense, like, because I would say I don't have an addiction problem, but I will say that I don't live like I don't, meaning that I don't like to think that I would never have one or that I would not be um, susceptible to it because uh, I just don't put myself above any of that in the sense, and I'm not saying above, but just like I'm, I live in caution because of what I've seen. I might not feel the same ways that you do. So what I'm saying is, is that the conversations are coming in my head. Like, like what if I did have a drink at 10 or or I tell myself, no, I drank yesterday. I'm not going to drink today. Um, this is not normal behavior for me. Like I actually don't usually drink. And part of that is because as I've gotten older, especially, but like my meds, like you can't drink, like you can't, you can't a little bit, but the effects are different. You can't. It's funny. I think I read somewhere today and I'm going to try to find it because it blew me. I was like, whoa. Yeah. Because it's so simple. If you are trying to control the drink or the drug, it is already controlling you. Yeah. I mean, so I, I'm I, an alcoholic. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. So, I mean, if you think about the that, way that I'm questioning it, though, it's like I just want it because it's like well, I feel like crap. So, and or, remember, though, some people get to. 
Some people get to. So don't, just because you may have a drink every single day, that doesn't, that's not saying anything because I did not drink every day or use drugs every day. And I could go weeks or months and I never had a physical outside of being hungover, like happens. But um, even when I went through treatment, I didn't have, I wasn't, um, I didn't have the physical symptoms. I craved sugar only because, you know, sugar was leaving my body. Um, but, and so it, it, it comes in so many different shapes and sizes. And you have to understand mo more often than not, when you have a problem is when consequences show up. When you have mm. people who are saying to you, have you thought about the drinking? I mean, because remember, nobody wants to have that conversation with another person. Like, hey, yeah. this is kind of awkward. Um, and so if people are leaning in saying, hey, can I talk to you? This is what's happening. If you're fired from a job, I mean, you, those are bigger. Yeah. But if you're losing friends and it, things are starting to kind of unravel, it's like, and if someone says, hey, have you thought about the drink? You, you got to pay attention. And it's, again, it's not, no one's being critical. Um, I, like I've shared with you the first time we um, did this, I believe it's a gift and it's a superpower. Yeah. Uh, and when you're given a gift, um, the price is that we don't get to drink or use because under the influence, it becomes very lethal. It's like we have no boundaries or control and we just, you know, we're, my husband calls it scorched earth. That's his word for mine. Um, Cause I, I don't have an off. I, I hurt people's feelings. I hurt myself. I, Do you get like really under the influence. Do you get mean or something? Oh yeah. I'm belligerent. Very. Okay. Um, so did a lot of people think it was funny? No. Oh, okay. No. no. <laughs> Sometimes people like, it's yes. like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Some people are great. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, it doesn't mean that there's not a problem, but yeah, it, it, for me, it just sucks all the way around. Cause people are like, dude. Yeah. Problem. And I'm like, God, why me? Why does it have to be sweet? Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, it's, right now it's rough it's rough and it it for people who are just newly in recovery i mean i'm on my knees for them because it's um that's probably the hardest position hardest and i know a young woman who is in the thick of it right now and man i i want her to make it because her story will be phenomenal to one thing that being in recovery you, you're resilient. You are in a constant um, stage of change and up against hurdles. And that's what recovery is. And, mm -hmm. and things get further and further apart as, you know, as you get more practice. And, um, but I mean, you're, you're constantly fighting yourself and fighting the thoughts and uh, fighting with everyone else. And why do they and not me? And, um, and so in this storm, I'm grateful for the gifts of recovery because all the cliches, I'm doing this one day at a time. You know, I lost my, my eyelashes are gone. My hair is almost two different colors. It's like, it is what it is. And I just remind myself of the cliches every day that I'm not in control. Um, do the best I can. Uh, be kind. Keep my mouth shut. If I want to be nasty, keep my mouth shut. 
because um, everyone's part of this and everyone is suffering their own way. And so again, it's a, it's, I, I, I shared this before, but um, outside of the birth of my children, being a person in recovery and the gifts that have been bestowed on me because of it, I, I'm, my kids are first and my, the second gift is the, this gift. And it's, I have a good friend who is a, another friend in long-term recovery and she said, she calls it a gift wrapped in a funny box. And it truly is. Because again, would I want this? Of course not. Um, but I have it and I'll do the best I can and I'll pay it forward. Um, and so far it's, again, it's blessed me beyond measure. Yeah. But I still, you know. Well, and some of the things that, some of the things that you've mentioned too, just in conversation is like with having a superpower, you are a super deep feeler, super intelligent, super, all these things. You know, I think some people think, well, I'm not an alcoholic because I'm not the bum on the street or, or you have to have a reason to be, or, um, all those things. I mean, it's just, it, it's, it's a mask that you can cover in so many ways and it has no judgment on who it goes over and you know one chris heron who um was a professional basketball player he has a phenomenal story travels around the country and speaks to high schoolers just i love his work um he was actually here in november and one of the things that he shares um is that if I, he, he, he'll start by saying, if I were to ask all these high schoolers um, before he begins speaking, if I were to ask everyone to bring in a picture of what a drug or alcohol, a person with a problem looks like, he said, what's fascinating is you would bring in a picture of someone at the end of their drinking and using um, career, life. And, he's, and he, he shares, he's like, what do you think? We start like that? We don't start mm-hmm. like that. We, most of us, there's 20, there are 23 million people in recovery today. And most of us have, have one thing in common. And that thing in common is that we started young. This is a brain disease and um, prevention. It's like delay use. It's not the drugs and alcohol are bad. It's that some of us need to really protect ourselves um, as children. And always watch it but he he just has a great way of being able to say you know we can all drink and and drug he said but some of us don't get to walk away and so it's not that it's bad it's just that some of us get the brain gets hijacked and and it's it's like we don't have any process to reason through it or you know people are like why can't they just stop if they loved me enough they would stop honest to God, it's like, I wish that were true. Um, and that proves more often than not, it's not willpower. Because some of the people that are in recovery are the smartest, fastest, strongest, yeah. most amazing people I've ever met. And if willpower worked, or if there was a cure out there, I promise one of us would have found it. Right. So, And often or not, I feel like the more the older I've gotten, it's people that are more intelligent, more smart, more deep that actually probably have more of a problem than I think someone that's not that deep. I mean, and I, I think I hate to say that, but I can be the one. I mean, 
I look at it this way. I think that um, people that are having education come from a, a privileged uh, family that do not have, basically they have their their basic needs met okay yeah. and so their parents are educated um we hold on to the ugly way too long mm -hmm. and my dream and it's why i feel so passionately about prevention i i want to give young people the information where they can make an educated decision and i encourage them you know and i, I shared this earlier this is not my my passion about teaching and having making sure people understand what prevention is it is not to say drugs and alcohol are bad don't do drugs and alcohol that is not the message because some people get to and and they'll never think a thing of it they'll just go on with their life just like me chowing down you know the 10 reese's peanut butter cups that i have and um i don't have to think about blood sugar and i don't have to think about insulin it's like i lucked out you know, I can do it today, not do it tomorrow, whatever. Um, it's the same with drug and drugs and alcohol. And so I just want kids to have the facts and I want to give them tools and a safe place to be able to go and ask their family questions uh, without judgment. Um, and I always tell them, don't count your parents' drinks. This is not about, you know, everything. And it's your parents are doing the best they can with the information they were given. And so now you're getting different information, make different choices. And one is not good or bad. It just, it's just information. Knowledge is power. Knowledge uh, is power. It is. Yeah. And, and I think if they delay, do you think, use, do you think may, it does delay? Have you noticed that it does delay use? Absolutely. Yeah. So because it's, yeah, the delay, results. Yeah. Delaying use scientifically Research shows that, especially if you're genetically vulnerable, which my children are, I was, um, if, if we can get them to 21, and it has nothing to do with the legal age, it's brain development, 21 is great, 25 is better, especially for boys. Um, if we can get them out to that place, they may get to. Their brain may have wired and done all the things that it needed to do, um, it will protect itself and their focus. I, I always think to myself, if we could get them out that far, um, they won't care. It, it's not, they will yeah. have spent, you know, a better part of their youth and young adult in a sober state. They won't care. Yeah. Have one, not have one. It's like, whatever. That seems to be a trend that just in talking with you that you like to give your kids experiences that are not surrounded with alcohol in the sense of just like, look how fun you can have without that. Like just yeah. the, just the, it doesn't have to be a part of your thoughts. You know, right. I have another friend who was like, um, one of my really like best friends, she was like at a new year's party. She was really adamant about maybe not for at, at 1 AM or at midnight, not doing a cheers with alcohol adults as well, just to, and she was, she's fine with alcohol. It's not that it's just to show kids that you can do other things to celebrate too. It doesn't have to be in your head that, right. well, when we do cheers, it has to be this, or that's what you're, and I, and I see that, like, I'm like, oh yeah. Like I never even would have thought about that like that, but just, she's very 
very good at seeing from the kid's perspective of all that kind of stuff. So, well, you know, and a lot of the stuff they try to, in, in the prevention world, one of the things to try to encourage adults that have children, try not to ever say, God, I'm stressed. I need a drink. Mm-hmm. Um, don't, because you don't really need that. Mm-hmm. And they start to connect dots. They're like, well, they do that. And that person mm-hmm. may not have a drinking problem, but it's just the words that they've used. And, and kids are like, oh, well, if I'm stressed when I'm an adult, I'm going to, and who knows that that person that your child may have a, a higher propensity. And, um, and I shared this story with you before our house does have alcohol. Uh, my husband is normal. Um, and, but it's not, it's like not in our main fridge or anything. And it's not a focus, you know, people can drink in my home and I, you know, I try to not make it uncomfortable because I'm not uncomfortable. Um, but I said to my daughter, who's now 19, and this was a few years back, um, she and I were driving somewhere and I said, so Ellie, out of curiosity, when dad and I entertain big or small, I said, do you associate that with drinking? And she said, no, why? And I busted out crying because I'm like, that's fascinating because I still do. Um, I was raised in it. I even now, and I laugh with another girlfriend who's in recovery. um, If I have an event with people, my brain immediately thinks, is there enough alcohol? Yeah. And now my version of enough is very different than most people's because I drank a lot. And so I, I, and we laugh about it. I'm like, if I could just hand a bottle of wine to people with straws, would that be enough? I mean, it's like, no, stupid. (laughs) In fact, if you think maybe that everyone should have a whole bottle of wine. In my brain, I'm like, that's, I don't know if that's enough. I mean, it's like, so yeah, huge. Totally. Have you noticed um, with friends that are in recovery or friends like your like myself that have not been in recovery talk more about alcohol just in this state of combat? I mean, of I'm a, we're, this is going on combat COVID-19, but yeah. in COVID-19, have you heard more or what have you heard or um, experienced? I don't know that I've heard people um, talking about it, uh, like from a personal perspective, uh-huh. but I, it's the fact that it, it's the, the pot stores and the uh, alcohol stores are necessary, so they're open. And as a matter of fact, today I was reading um, online, drink, it's, I'm looking at it right now, so it's drinking more during COVID, six things to know and how to break the cycles. Because again, it's a perfect storm. You have all these mm-hmm. reasons that people do this and they get to hide and they don't have a schedule. So what difference does it make? I don't have yeah. to get and da, 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 da. you can rationalize it and this is like the perfect situation to rationalize um and so anyone that had had issues um call me it, it's like this i mean i'm i'm sure what's going on in the head is just heavy and it doesn't need to be heavy um because it's real and i wish it would go away but it's not going to and they're it's like i always want to say ollie ollie income free come on this side let's Let's get you to the person that you're, you know, you in fact are. Um, 
but yeah, I, I'm seeing a lot of, I'm on a lot of newsletters and stuff like that. And sales are massively up. Yeah. Um, and you know, I saw the meme, which I thought was funny. It said, this will be an interesting, and I think I sent it to you. But yeah, he did. <laughs> day drinking homeschoolers. And I laughed when I saw it. Cause I was like, that's funny. But then I was like, Oh yeah. Oh. <laughs> I know it's a shock to the system. It's yeah. like, uh -oh. It's like, it's so, sh everything is so shocking and just like overwhelming. You almost like have to have a sense of humor to just Dude, kind of. Because it is funny. I mean. It, oh, it's everything. Yeah. It's crazy. It's everything. Yeah. It really is everything. And, you know, for someone who, you know, I look at, for someone say that is out there that life has been somewhat controllable. Mm -hmm. You haven't had a time where you haven't been out of control. There are those people, um, you know, and you come back to the place where it's like, oh, I'm drinking more or you're coping, you know, I mean, taking a look at how are you coping? I mean, for myself, I'm struggling um, in areas, but I have systems somewhat in place. Like right now it's like, I picture myself like, okay, the electricity has gone out. I'm putting on the generators. Yeah. Okay. That's kind of how I'm operating and it ain't pretty, you know, the generators go out here and there, but it's still going. Yes. You know what I mean? Whereas like people out there that literally didn't know they had anxiety or what that felt yes. like yes. depression and then how to cope with that. So the alcohol comes into the picture or you're seeing it like what, you're trapped. Yeah. You're trapped. It's like you have no control and now you're facing your head. You know, it's, it's very complicated and yet it's like clear the slate. Yep. Like, you know, this is what I love about going to Pam is that non-judgment, just like, let's take it the issue for what it is. Um, find that person that you can be completely honest with and bounce it off of them yeah. and get, a system in place. I don't know. I mean, well, and there is nothing that healing is possible. And when you are able, and I shared this on the first podcast, the day that I got sober or decided I need help, something I'm not doing this correctly. Um, I, I told myself that I was going to be honest, that I was going to answer you know, truthfully to all the questions that were asked. And in the back of my mind, I told myself, now, if they take me away in a straitjacket, after I tell them the truth, um, I'll, I'm just going to deal. I'm just, if I need to be in an institution, I mean, that's what I was thinking. I'm like, like you complete, I'm, that sounds like surrender to me. Oh yeah. But I, but that I'm thinking what's going on in my head and the things I've done, they're going to think I'm insane. Like I, a terrible thing. And what is absolutely amazing is when you confess these things, the people who are, are only ahead of you, it's not that they're better or worse. They're just ahead of you. They don't blink. They're like, yeah, yeah I can help you. Yep. Welcome. You're going to be okay. And to hear that and the person is calm. Um, and that's sometimes when I'm speaking with families or individuals who are just facing it. Um, sometimes I'll share, I want you to know I'm not scared. Like this, it's not holding me the fear that 
you're trapped in, I don't feel it. I know with 100% certainty that hope and healing is possible, no matter what you've done, no mm -hmm. matter what you've done. Um, and some people, including myself, we have doozies. I, it's like, wow. And that's my life. I mean, I, I had a DUI and I blew a big number. And uh, when I got mine in Virginia and I have to check the box. I mean, I think I was convicted. And here in the state of Oregon, a lot of times you can go through diversion. They don't have to check the box conviction. I do. I have to check that I was convicted. That's for life. And I laugh. And when I had to fill out the volunteer forms for the school, I had to check that. <laughs> yeah. I, but again, I'm okay checking it because yeah. I, I've told the story enough. I've purged enough. And it'll never be perfect. I will never own it. I have to pay rent. Um, but I've shared enough that when I check that box, I laugh. I'm like, dang, man, I just got to check the box. <laughs> yeah. It's like, well, oh, well. Well, it's not, would you say then it's not, it's important to see it's not your identity. It's not who you are. It's something that you did, but it's not who you are. That's right. And you again, know? we're, we're in part of, you know, history. Um, we're just at the beginning. And, and this is something I share with the high schoolers as well. We are just at the beginning of being able to really shake the trees and have, have messages and an understanding start to actually catch and that people understand that they have control and that you're not the disease. You are not the jail time that you did. The disease is powerful. The mm -hmm. disease will end in death, jail, insanity, or sobriety. And no one gets to manage it. No, in with active use. Nobody. I mean, people think, I mean, there have been people that will make it all the way till they're 80, but ask them on the other side, was it worth it? And they're going to tell you, hell no, hell no. My life was hell on earth. And, but they got to drink every day. Um, Cause it's a disease of the mind. It's not a disease of the drink or the drug, although physically it will grab us. But um, so it just, I, I get asked the question a lot. Um, why can't you have one? Um, I, I can't, I, I would think of nothing else. It would be, and I tried that. I'm only going to have one um, bottle, you know, <laughs> and uh, right. Right. But you know, and I, the, the times that I tried, I'm only going to drink on Friday. I'm only going to have this one. I think of nothing else. Like that's not fun. That's not fun. Right. It's it fun. was control. It's controlling you. Yep. You think you're controlling it. Exactly. What, exactly. I, I mean, with, like with coffee, well, like even with coffee, it's like, I think to myself, I only have two cups a day or sometimes I only have one, you know, if I was having four, I would probably like, look at that, you know? And then so am I addicted to coffee? I mean, I think a lot of people, I mean, we could go through scenario after scenario of scenario of how we could talk ourselves out of something about what it is, but you have to call it what it is. Like, am I addicted to coffee? Well, I, I don't know. Cause I have coffee every day. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, and I, I mean, when I had you know, a child, um, coffee's the only thing I have. And I, when I had my first child and, you know, chose to nurse him, this lactating nurse shows up and I, she starts 
yammering and I'm like, stop. I said, let me ask, can I drink coffee? Because if you tell me no, we're done right now. I'm not nursing because coffee's all I have. So yeah, she's like, she goes, right. you can drink coffee. I'm like, okay, as you were, go ahead and finish <laughs> your talk. <laughs> you can still talk now. Thank right. you very much. I mean, it's just, you know, I think in the end, evaluating your circumstance and now at a time where you are faced with other things, it's a perfect time to just kind of sit there and think, well, evaluate that and to look at it and to think about it. I mean, I am myself like, um, you know, I just didn't really ever have thoughts of alcohol that much. Like it wasn't part of a routine for sure, but it, and I didn't even really look forward to it on a Friday night. Cause I don't like the way I feel the next day, but you have to remember I'm on medication. So you have to be careful how much you have. It just does different things, you know, not to say that I don't, it's just calories or just waste of, <laughs> I'd rather eat my calories or like, you know what I mean? Like stuff like that. But yes, but in an emotional state though, I can honestly say it's like, wow, I, I have had those thoughts and I'm not, would say I'm not an alcoholic, but I've had the thoughts like I want a drink or like, oh, I mean, homeschooling or just the whole yeah. thing. It's just, yes, yes, yes. you know, Donald, like uh, my sister and I were talking a little bit today, just like, cause I watched, I don't really watch all the news or anything like that, but I did see breaking news on Facebook about how Trump had mentioned something about Clorox and how to drink that to you know, disinfect. I sent you that meme yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, I was assuming it was a joke, but I was talking to my sister and she's like, no, actually he was kind of being, it wasn't really a joke per se. I don't even want to watch it. It makes me just like ill, but it's like the top tide pod challenge all over again. It's like, really, are we really doing this? Like we're really actually talking about this. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, yeah. And, and I think it just is like, wow, we're really talking about all this. Like, it's just a shock. It's still just very much like a lot to take in. To try it. Um, you're very self-aware. Um, and more often than not, the person with the problem is the last person to know, um, even though they know deep down. Um, you, you're, would, you're probably the exception because you're very self-aware, which is a good thing. And because you are in a constant state of sharing, um, that it's a protection for you, whether or not you're aware of that, um, you're getting it out. One of the mm. cliches in um, AA, you'll hear in the rooms, you're only as sick as your secrets. Mm. And so got it. you're talking, you're getting it out, you're confessing. That's, I mean, that's biblical you're, that's how you stay healthy. You talk about what you're thinking about, because if you're not saying that to anyone and inside you're thinking about the drink and how, and but you're not talking about it, it's stuff goes dark quick, but you're talking oh. about it. So be kind to yourself. Okay. Yeah. That's a good point. I've had actually people say that before about other th areas in my life. Yeah. I mean, uh, but it's, it's just because I, I feel like it's just so scary. Like if I was, it's just such a scary place. You know, your head is a very scary place. And it's it like, and it's I don't want to feel alone. Like I'm scared to be alone. And 
Yeah. That's interesting that you bring that up because I have had people say that a lot, like, and also a supportive husband too helps because I have someone who's 1000% like not judgmental. I mean, he's seen me do the crazy, like that does help too. (laughs) Like, (laughs) I mean, the things he has had to deal with is seriously embarrassing, but, but I do believe that someone can walk away from this conversation and have the same thing because you and I are available to anyone who's listening oh, yeah. and can be that non-judgmental ear or the secret to tell or the confession box that you need to go to. Um, there ain't nothing that's going to surprise us. No. Ain't nothing. Ain't nothing. And, you know, the thing that's fascinating about this disease, and again, it's cunning, baffling. It, it's, it moves. Um, it, likes to, it likes to hold people hostage and say, can't talk about it. You're gossiping. You're, you're telling someone my stuff. And it's, again, if you and I are friends and I notice that you're going to the bathroom a lot and that you're uh, drinking a ton of water, at some point I'm going to say something like, are, are you okay? Or if I notice a big something on your skin, have you gone to the doctor, you know, smack on the head? Um, and, and if I said to another friend, has Tiffany gone to the doctor about that thing on her head? That's out of concern and love. Yet, if we talk about drinking and drugging in the same context, that's gossip. You're being mean. You're bad. It's like, no, I'm not. I'm, yeah. in, I'm in this arena. And I'm, uh, in 10 seconds, I'll be in it with you because um, I'm ready to battle for your life. And I need to get you ready. And so, it, but it's a weird, weird dynamic. Yeah. People are like, oh, you're talking. It's like, no, man, I promise you I'm not. Because um, I would be the first person in the arena with that person. And it, it's, but again, it, this is us teaching each other mm-hmm. um, how to make it look different. Yeah. Because it, there's no shame. It's, right. There's no shame in this. Well, and one thing that you mentioned on the podcast too, which I thought was so awesome, was that you had mentioned telling the person say you were saying like the perspective of the person who might be approaching you saying hey you know i've noticed this or whatever how to take that and i think that's such an important um perspective to have or to let on to people because it's so hard for the person to approach somebody to say something but also to the person that you're saying it to just being like look i mean i've had it happen where personally, like just in my experience where I thought the person would think it, you know, not two shits about it, that they would just be like, well, you don't know me and bye-bye. But it got to such a, it just struck a chord so deep with that person that it was very offensive. And so whether you're, you are or you're not, I just didn't understand that if someone's asking you like that, like if someone asked me, like, do you have a, I, I feel like I'd be like, honest to be like, no, I, I, I don't know. I don't, you know, that kind of thing. But you had said it in such a way that was like, don't take offense, just take yeah. it in. Like you don't have to take it absorb in, it. absorb yep. it. Yeah. Like it, it because it's, it's not a, a judgment on you. No. Matter of fact, that person that found the most current, about you, oh, they love you. They care about you and they're, trying to plant that seed of hope and healing um because nobody 
wants to have to say those words. Because again, we've made drinking and drugging um, a cultural experience. And yeah, it's and very much cultural. Yes. And we glamorize it. And, oh, look at how it. And so when it doesn't work for an individual, uh, it's like, whoa, everyone kind of, it's like, uh, don't want to deal. And for someone to lean in and say, hey, listen, I care and I, I'm concerned. Um, and th- I, I sh- when I was sharing that with you, it's something I say to the kids, the high schoolers. If someone is saying that to you, try to keep your mouth shut absorb it because that person in fact loves you a lot cares enough to be brave and you know because more often than not when you say those words to somebody the person that you know you're saying has a drinking or drug problem they're irate and they boom lash out and because and again that's part of the recovery process is learning you know not to you don't have to be defensive because you're okay. And, um, but under the influence, we have to protect ourselves and make up stories and why we do X, Y, and Z. Um, but anyway, it's yes. If someone says to you, Hey, I'm concerned, just try to keep your mouth shut and just let it sink in and say, thanks. Thanks for sharing. Move on. So what that tells me is that it's a very rare experience for someone to be like, wow, thank you for telling me. (laughs) Like, Has there ever been a, no, because no, because the, the typical, that typical conversation is usually yelling, you know, it's like, okay. <laughs> yeah, you, you shouldn't drink and it's ugly. And, um, and I, I shared with you that I, I had a few of my high school friends, um, pulled me aside and I, oh God, I hated hearing it. I, I just wanted to be normal. Um, and, and I shared this in that, in the first podcast, I was awarded or honored um, just for helping people. And it was um, humbling. But one of my dear friends who I met when I young, young, probably 10 or 11, uh, when he and I were in high school, he said the words to me. And I was, of course, mad. And uh, he was in the room when I, you know, Mm -hmm. accepted this award. And, you know, through the tears, I said to him, thank you for being brave, for being courageous, for loving me enough to say the words, because here I am sober. It's like, and my father's gone and um, it destroyed my family and my parents' marriage. And um, that young person was courageous and loved me and said the words. And and I said to him, thank you, Craig, for loving me enough to say it. And uh, so I, I share that with kids all the time. I'm like, if you love them, you got to say something because we know what it looks like. Most of us know what it looks like. And it's that person who seems to, we make it the life of the party, but it's not the life of the party. It's like, they're dying in front of you and um, we got to do something about it. And they'll yeah. live as the life of the party, but in a sober state. So. Yeah, it can happen. I it mean, it can happen. Yeah. I think Craig right now, I mean, we wouldn't have this conversation right now, probably if, you know, if he hadn't said something, it's just, it's, it's worth saying something than not saying something. Yes. And, you know, I'd hope to be wrong. You know, I yes. would walk into it. I'd hope to be wrong, you know? And, um, I just thought the worst thing that would happen is the person would just say, no, you're wrong, you know, but it was not that way. And it really caught me off guard. Um, 
but it, I mean, so many people have so many experiences and it is important to tell the people that you, that it is something that you notice because in the counseling world, have you, that person that gets, um, in the point where they're not handling it or, you know, they're have an alcohol problem or they're an alcoholic and they get to that place where they can go to a therapist or, um, get treatment. They will ask you, has anyone in your life told you, you have, they will ask that it is like a, it's required to ask that. And so, you know, someone who's doubting, wanting to tell that person it, that seed does matter. I mean, yes, the, down the road, if there really is an alcoholic problem, which chances are, if you're at, if you're even questioning it, there probably is. And then you want to say something, um, yeah. you know, I, I, I see both sides of it of just like, it's such a hard, such a hard thing. And it, it is, well, and it's, it's understanding our families. Mm -hmm. Um, this is a disease that you can't hide. Um, and so again, it's educating our children and try to, like I always say, try to take the emotion out of it. It's just, you're just giving them information. You're just saying, um, grandpa didn't drink. Uh, I heard it's because, you know, he had a drinking problem or his dad did. Um, that's just information that is really, really important for our, our children to have. Mm -hmm. um, because the more people in your family that have it, that increases genetic vulnerability. And it's important, our children, that's protection. That's protection. Mm -hmm. That's not saying that our family is uh, terrible, bad, or flawed. I mean, we're all flawed, but um, it's just protection. It, it's well, no if there was If there was a diabetic situation, correct. We'd heart know. problem, Yep, we'd know. We have to check the boxes. Yeah. Did your mother have breast cancer? cancer? Yes. Cancer. Yeah. And um, I, I look forward to the day. I mean, I, when I fill out um, evaluations, I was just at an OBGYN appointment and I was impressed. I almost said to the woman, can I take pictures of this questionnaire? Because it was great. I mean, it's asking me, you know, do you drink or use drugs? No. And typically there's nothing else. It's like, why don't you drink or use drugs? Because I'm in recovery. Bingo, there it is. And so now mark it down. Um, and I was, I said to her, God, this is great. Because it was very specific. Why don't you? You know, have you stopped? And I was like, yep. Because <laughs> again, I've, and I've been in recovery for 24 years. I have high blood pressure, thyroid, blah, blah, blah. I have to go have med checks and blood tests and blah, 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 blah. I've never been asked about how's recovery going. And wow. Re recovery is everything. It's my brain. And so right. that controls everything. If this is off, the whole enchilada is off. It's a lifestyle. Mm -hmm. I mean, I kind of relate to that in the sense of just with anxiety and depressions, like yeah. the you systematic situation is like can't tamper with that. That's why it's like for anyone who's listening or watching, it's just like, Oh, if you've never experienced anything and all of a sudden you are, mm -hmm. and it's just the sirens are going off or you're just, who knows what's going happening is to find somebody around you that can help and that you're not alone. I mean, yeah. we're in a time right now where we are supposed to be alone and surrounded by bad things and watching. I mean, I was watching, um, I usually watch like Netflix or something like that. That doesn't have like commercials and stuff, but 
it's like I was watching some of the stuff and even on Facebook, you know, some of the things that I have never even clicked on, it's still showing like alcohol or, and, and not just alcohol, not just alcohol, but like in this time of being alone, you know, it's feeding into it. It is yeah. disgusting. It yeah. is like, I hate, like, it's just infuriating. I'm just like, wow, someone's making some big bucks off of this. And I hate when people yeah. make money off of myself. Like yeah. it almost makes me just like, maybe I should just delete Netflix or delete all of it. It's like, they're all working together and it's like, bleh. and it's just, it, 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 I feel the hurt. I feel the pain that people are feeling. And it's like, it's just lies after lies and they're taking your emotions that you're going through right now and capitalizing on it and very quickly because this has only been going on in America for a few weeks and every commercial you see, all of a sudden they've changed the tune of, well, now since you know, you're alone and, oh, and we're, you know, technology from home and how we're going to bind together. And it's just like, it makes you feel like everything you're doing is wrong or that you, you're doing something like not drinking enough because that's what you're supposed to drink because that's where, I mean, it's yeah. just all over the place. And I, I'm trying not to watch the news too because I start building what ifs and how, how am I. Um, yeah. And right now, I again, the tools of recovery, I, I try to stay grounded. I'm right now I'm sitting in a chair and I have water and my basic needs are met. I'm trying to get enough sleep mm -hmm. uh, because if I'm exhausted, all bets are off, you know, that yeah. I'm a train wreck. Um, but right now it's just taking care of yourself. And when the brain starts to forward think or go in the back in, in the past and dwell, it's simply saying it's understanding what self-care is. It's understanding how do I talk myself back into this, this place where I, where I'm at. Cause right now I'm safe right now. I'm sober right now. I, I had food and, and so it's just simplifying it's it almost simplifying yeah. your basic needs. I call it going back to basics. You have to go back to basics and it's not just telling yourself one time, Recovery, healing is actions. It's action. You, you, we all know that hope and healing is possible. And act, in, in, in to actually heal is actions. It's, it's, it takes a lot. And the brain doesn't like to pick up on stuff and create habits until that action has be, been you know, replayed over and yeah. over and over and over and over again. Because right now, what it likes to do is, oh God, I'm stressed. Oh my God, what if I lose my job? Oh my God, I'm drinking too much. Oh my God, I'm, I have a, it's like, if we repeat that, that's what the brain knows. It's, you know, so it's being able to call a friend and say, which I do a lot. I'm like, got to talk me off the ledge. I, let me just tell you what I'm thinking. And mm -hmm. they listen and typically they laugh. And then I laugh because I'm like, God, just madness. Um, but it feels better. And, you know, we have a good laugh and they'll tell me why it's not real and it's not going to, then I'm like, you're right. You're right. You know, but again, to be able to say out loud, my fear of what is happening, I hesitate still. Cause I'm like, they're going to think I'm the most neurotic, but again, no, it's, they're human too. And they're like, uh, uh, that's a good one. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. It, so in this time, it's so in this time for people that either have been down, changed the brain waves of, or the brain passages to health and healthy coping mechanisms. And they're simple. It's not, it not is really people, simple. Yeah. We're not asking people to go run a marathon. We're well, I mean, think about asking a child, like what would you do with a child? Like they need food, they need mm-hmm. to sleep. I mean, I remember when, when my first was born, my uncle, who's no longer with us, he gave me like the best advice. He's like, because it was such an overwhelming thing. Like, here's this child, ba-bam, you know? And he's like, he said this, he was like, if they're not hungry, they're probably tired. If they're not tired, they probably need a diaper change. If they're not getting the diaper change, they probably need to eat. That's it. That's it. And that's all I needed to know. And it was like, bam, 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 done. Like, there wasn't yeah. no instruction manual. I mean, you could go yeah. out there right now and get a gajillion instruction manuals on how to be more healthy, how to do this, how to do that, what to do, blah, blah, blah. Quarantone. I mean, that's yeah. a funny one. But like, just like you're not doing this enough or you're doing this too much or you're doing blah, 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 blah. It's like your basic needs. If you could look at yourself like a, like a child, what would you do for a child? That's right. It, it, right now, it, it's just being kind to ourselves because this mm. is crazy. You know, this like, all of what whatever's happening um none of us have control and mm-hmm. so again it's just telling myself right now i'm okay um i have been forcing myself to do this yoga in the morning and every morning i fight myself i'm like i don't need to do this and yeah. then i'm like shut up and i go and i sit down and i do it and then i'm like oh thank god i did that um so it's just you know and then i i'm not paying attention to food. I'm like, whatever, meeting, whatever I want. I, it's like, that's one thing I'm just going to let myself be. Yeah. And uh, that's you being kind to yourself. Yeah. I'm like, Because right. A lot of people online or, you know, floating through, it's just like, don't let that control you. Don't this, don't that. And it's like, golly, that's a lot of do's and don'ts. Like I already have enough going on in my head. Like, and it just makes you want to just explode. You know, it's like back to simplifying. Yep. That is not one area that you don't need to think about right now. Drinking water, staying hydrated. I mean, yeah. It's. Do you think all of us kind of innately know what to do in that regard? Yes, but we do need. We need constant reminders that it is actually simple, because I think what we, at least what I've learned in this chaos, we've made it life way too complicated, way too complicated. There are way too many rules. There are way too many X, Y, Z's and, um, life. It's, 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 it's not supposed to be complicated like this crazy. I mean, it, um, but it, that's why it's that, you know, daily, like, um, meditation books, just simple, cliche type things. And they're always, you know, most people love quotes and the memes and all that stuff. There's a reason because more often than not, they're true and, yeah. and it's simple. And we're like, yeah, that's, but yet we don't follow it. Cause we think, no, 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 you got to have, if I'm going to be a runner, I got to run marathons. It's like, no, not even close. It, right. um, and if I'm going to eat healthy, I have to eat completely healthy. And it's like, ugh, we've made it way too hard. So no, but it is constant reminders. It is constant reminders because it takes quite a while to create a habit and then it's very quick and easy to break that habit, you know? And so you get back on the horse 
and in the recovery world they they we don't focus on relapses of course you know you don't want to relapse um but it happens it's a chronic relapsing brain disorder and success is how fast you get back on the horse and that's true in every sense of the word it's yeah like, yeah i fell i gotta get up and do it again um and so how fast does the person get back up and and again trying to stay healthy even drinking and drugging aside um just get back on the horse you know so someone that in this situation with COVID 19 it's like say you're an alcoholic or you you were in recovery you're about to be in recovery or you were thinking about being in recovery and you already feel like you failed because you've been drinking so it's never too yeah. late never too late no 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 never no. too late no. the next your day story, is a new day yeah your story is not bad it is unless you're i it's crass but unless you're in a box there's re recovery is possible a hundred percent you know it's and the you know the best the best part is that it will be so much better than you can possibly fathom it, it it's it, it's it's not instant it's like although when you are new to recovery there is a euphoria um because you feel great and we well, probably like, reached a place where you finally have surrendered it completely oh it's the best i mean i it was almost instantaneous for me when i made the decision um i knew it was like wow this is real this is happening for me and the words that were spoken by you know the drug and alcohol counselor he said to me um the decisions you've made have you here in front of me and i'm a drug counselor um i suggest you shut up and start listening and at the time in my head, I was like, I hate him. He has no idea what he's talking about or <laughs> that he's talking to me. Right. But I, I knew it was the truth when he spoke it. And um, again, it goes back to basics. It's back to simple. Be quiet and do exactly as you're told. And let the people around you that are ahead of you on the path drag you until you can crawl until you can walk until you know you're running and then you're going to pay it forward that's how this works the best part of recovery is helping other people because mm. it it feels great um and i love that part uh but it is it's it's a simple program that's the whole keep it simple um but it feels impossible and that's why it's important you know the one day at a time because don't if we overthink this we're not going to make it i the first few times you know the first probably few years that i would sit in the rooms um and listen to people share and they'd say oh i'm 20 some years sober in recovery and i'm like what are you still doing here move on but now <laughs> i understand it it's like it's, i think i would think of like how have they survived without a drink for 26 years well, that's the whole do it one day at a time because i thought it yeah. too i was like there is no way i'm doing this forever no way no way no way and again it's one day at a time one day at a time and all of a sudden i mean in july it'll be 25 years i that's i amazing. swear to god i can barely believe it barely <laughs> wow that's incredible that's incredible tam fierce pierce man she don't mess around I have to show you something. Hold on. Okay. <laughs>
Remember how I, I told you I won uh, the biggest partier? Yes. So my mom's a saver and I'm grateful. Here are the awards. Can you read that? Oh my gosh. Mrs. Midnight Munchie? Yep. Best dressed. Yes. What's the Midnight Munchie thing? They can't say biggest partier like that's so cool. So this is Stoner. Oh my gosh. This was the politically correct way to say your child parties like a rock star in 1986. Wow. Yep. That's a big award right there. Oh, I thought I was so cool. I'm like, God, joke's on me. <laughs> it's not even real gold, man. All the effort you put into it. <laughs> yeah, it's like getting a ham sandwich. It's like, thanks for coming. Yeah, that's so funny. Oh, my Good God. luck. Good luck to you. Well, that's a, with you and the whole best dressing, that still cracks me up. Just like how, and you guys are going to hear that in this podcast, in the podcast coming, but just how the guy, she, you know, she surrendered to the fact that she might have a problem. The guy shows up, he's like, what, you don't think you could have a problem like this? She's like dressed to the nines, you know, like. Oh, for sure. You know, I mean, I could, t I, I think I like it so much because I, I would be the same way. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Well, I was very, very strategic in what I wore yeah. to the treatment center. Because I'm sure. like, uh-uh. <laughs> the guy just nailed me. I was oh, like, I just, he called you out so quick. And I mean, what, did he even allow you to speak two sentences before he already said that? Nope. I mean, what were his exact words again? Like, I just. He, he looked at what I had on and he said, so uh, curious, do alcoholics not look like you? And I'm like, <laughs> What? Like, what are you talking about, you ass? <laughs> I know. It like almost is kind of out of left field a little bit. But except, like except that I dressed, right. I thought through that. I right. I mean I was putting on armor so that I didn't appear like an alcoholic, you know, and he's just like, Welcome, they look like you too. And I'm like, dang it really <laughs> it's like he just but he just like called it out like because it's human how do you, behavior you can't know, hide it it's like uh-oh that one's off right <laughs> and again it's not bad uh, right it just is what it is and right i believe it's, it's a gift it's a superpower or yeah. it's gonna be the thing that's gonna drag you to hell so well, the way that it's been working in your, as your superpower it's powerful and before we like wrap up and everything what are some of the things you're doing in the community? Because I do want to make sure that people know that you, that you are, yep. um, that you can be contacted, that yep. she can, you know, you can help and I can get you in touch with her and all those kind of things. But what are some things that you're doing locally that you want to put out there? Just, I mean, I know that we all be tagging and doing all those things yeah. online and all that stuff, but just some of the things that you're doing around here that you're a part of. My routine, um, so on social media, Community Living Above is the nonprofit, the prevention organization that birthed a lot of what's going on for me. And um, I make it a point every morning to kind of look at different things that are taking place in our community, in Portland, different ways that people can support themselves. I found some really good self-care, like daily simple things that I post on um, my Facebook page. Um, you know, and people are welcome to email me and feel free to give out my cell number and stuff. And you don't, to encourage people if they feel that need or desire to call or reach out, you don't have to have the words. Don't overthink what you're gonna 
try to say or explain to me, just call and say, hi, this is my name. And then let's figure it out. You know, it's, it's not a test. It's not how much do you know or not know. It's simply saying, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. I need you to help me. Yeah. And, um, and remember that people in recovery, we're not scared. Um, we're in it too. We're just ahead of you. And that's the only difference. And then, you know, people have asked, uh, asked me like, do we pay you? I mean, and I'm like, heck no, you pay it forward. You pay the truth forward to another person because the truth is, is what sets us free as cliche and um, overused as that is, but it's the truth. It's like, you're not different. You're not bad. You haven't ruined everyone's life. Um, again, I've seen supernatural, supernatural healing. And I believe, you know, the people that walk the recovery path um, in a variety of ways, it's, it's mental health in general. Um, God, they've done remarkable things and it break generation, you know, generational abuse and just unbelievable things. Um, when I shared about my daughter not identifying a social situation with drinking, the reason I cried is because it's like when they talk about breaking the cycle and yeah, it, it's like, I did that. I did yes, that. You did. And you know, and I shared this with you too, when the school came to life, the recovery high school, um, and my dad has been deceased actually on Monday will have been deceased for 11 years. And, uh, his birthday is March 7th. And, um, with Lake Oswego school district picking up the recovery high school, um, was on his birthday, uh, two years ago. And I sat, you know, and I've shared this story and it, I sat in the Lake Oswego administrative building on the ground on which I was introduced to drugs and alcohol on my father's birthday. And I watched as my alma mater voted in the first recovery high school in the state of Oregon. And I sobbed because my dad died so that I could live and so that his grandchildren could live in a world where we understood this and that it's not the scarlet letter in a weird way, it's a badge of honor because it's a yeah. hero's journey. Sure. And, you know, and so I look at it, it's like when people call and I know that they're scared and in the depths of despair, and I just want to scream, welcome home, welcome home. I mean, so. the fact that you call, the fact that you make a step to even reach out to someone is an act of bravery from the very start, you know, it's and the, welcomed arms by Pam and myself too, of course. But I mean, community living above the high school that you started, you do recovery meetings for teens and you do. So there are the recovery, there are two recovery organizations. One is the school, Harmony Academy. And then there's an after school component. And it's it is modeled after what is called an alternative peer group. And we're open every single day after school. Um, right now it looks a little different. Um, and on the weekends and on this alternative peer group, which we've named Family Inspired Recovery, is for the, the child, the youth, but it's also for that child's family because again, mm -hmm. this is a family disease. Sure. And right now, every Thursday night, 
at 6.30. We have an online parent support group and it's parent-led. Uh, a, a parent here in West Lynn is in, kind of runs it. Um, and anyone's welcome. And again, it's an opportunity to come into a you know virtual room of parents, uh, caregivers who are experiencing similar things. And you can just listen, you can cry, you can scream, you can ask questions. Um, because again, these parents, they're not different. They're just ahead of you and they're, they're there to help, you know, and they're fighting the good fight themselves. And, um, but that takes place every Thursday night uh, at 6.30. And I will post the flyer um, that morning, you know, with the Zoom information. Um, but again, I just, on Community Living Above's page, I just keep posting local things that I see um, that kind of catch my eye, different and easy ways to support ourselves. And I, I just, I do that every morning. Yeah. And just share the information and tell people, share the information. Yeah. Because I'm always after the one person. I, you know, that one person that's out there that doesn't know X, Y, and Z exists. And I do what I do for that person because I want them to know it exists and you need and come. I'm with you on that. I like thinking about that. Just who that's why I keep saying whoever is listening yeah. that because I know the thoughts have come in my head. If they've come in my head, I know they've come in your head. And so it's just our hearts are, are, are with you and for you and yeah. anyone around you. So there's fur family and recovery yep. community living above. Yep. There's resources right there. Um, there's these podcasts. I mean, I think just, in walking away from this conversation in light of COVID-19, because there's going to be a lot down this podcast. There's two more recordings from this, but that we, that we dig a little deeper in all of it. But, um, but in light of COVID-19, I look at this as kind of like, okay, if you're in an emergency, like you're like in a mental emergency, those are the two resources to go to. You can reach out to us. Um, we're there and also self-care and real self-care, like the basic self-care oh, basics, basics. Do not overcomplicate this. No, no. Get off social media. If you have to, Yes. Um, you know, be careful what you're feeding your mind, you know, those kind of things. But if it is truly chaos in there and you're scrambling and you're this kind of thing and you can't even like put your thoughts together, you have to contact someone. That's the facts. Ew. And one thing that I was talking to Pam with, um, now that I'm thinking about, it, I think it was actually my sister-in-law or my brother. I forget which one, but they are both in, in the counseling world, but they had said that in Bend, Oregon specifically, they've seen more cases of suicide attempts than they have with COVID-19. And that just shows you right there, um, you know, that it's what you're experiencing and what we're experiencing is real. And Pam brings that up a lot. What you're thinking is real. Whatever you're thinking is real. You're thinking it. So it's real. Yep. Um, it's happening to a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's a takeaway I feel like is just that now is a better time to just honor yourself yes. and, your, and take care of yourself. You know, we couldn't have anticipated this. No. And if, no. if your life was already kind of rocky, this is massive hit mm -hmm. and it's okay. You know, remember I described to you when we're in chaos, it's like we 
try to keep these balls up in the air. And God, we work so hard to keep all these balls going up in the air. This is an opportunity to drop the balls and relax. Don't, you know, I always say to people, do not bend over. Do not bend over and pick them up for any reason. They're going to talk to you. They're going to tell you, you need to pick me up. And this is important. Uh-uh. We're, uh-uh. And, and again, when trauma, when um, tragedy hits, when you're already on unstable ground, some, I mean, a lot of us don't survive it. Yeah. Um, and right now, if you do need help, you need help. It's like, so what? Let's, let's figure it out. Call 911. Um, you know, it does seem scary. Just like when I said the day I chose to get sober, they're going to take me away in a straitjacket. That's what it is. You know, I'm going to be this, ah, um, and it wasn't, but I was terrified that it was going to be, but I was willing to go anyway. Cause you know, I love one of the, the quote that says, sometimes we have to go afraid. Um, and sometimes we have to go afraid. Yeah. More Someone often. is there to carry you. Yes. Yes. Someone is there to carry you. We'll help you put your balls back. Yeah. <laughs> your balls back. Or encourage as you they not. as they come. <laughs> right. Or encourage you not to pick them up. Or just throw the balls out. Okay. Who yeah, needs the balls? We're done with those. Um, done. There's only yeah. a couple people out in the world that might need balls. I don't know. I don't know who they are. <laughs> but <laughs> right. But I know that some can live with just one. I mean. Yeah. I've heard that too. So, um, anyway, everyone out there, you are loved and you are thought of, and there's just nothing that we can't help you with and that nothing is too crazy of your thoughts. There is just, there's no such thing. Um, so anyway, um, you guys, thank you so much for listening, Pam. Thanks for coming on here. Um, thank you combat COVID-19 for having us on here, um, as well. This will be posted to combat COVID-19 as well as all the social media on this topical life. And, um, two more episodes after this of pre-recorded situations. So anyway, you guys have a great week. Reach out if you need to reach out much love. Hang in there. All right. All right. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to This Topical Life with Tiffany Murphy. Available through Podbean, iTunes, and Google Play. Look for us on Instagram and Facebook. Donations to help support This Topical Life can be made through Patreon at patreon.com front slash thistopicallife. Likes and comments are always appreciated. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time for more Real Conversation. Real exploration, real life stories on this topical life, because life ain't a vacation.